This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everybody. This is December 7th, 2014, episode 79 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me is my lovely, dedicated, and very tired co-host, Brittany Page. All that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we're this should pep you up. We got some good stuff to talk about today. I'm pepped up. I'm you, ready to go. Now you're ready? Mm-hmm. So you're not tired now. No, I will always be tired. It's just a perpetual state of 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 malaise. I like to sleep. Of melancholy. I like to sleep and I can never have enough. <laughs> I can I can attest to all of that. I, I think that that's true. I'm one of those people that falls asleep immediately upon laying down. You, you would have worked out really well in the military because oftentimes it's you get sleep when you can, when you're operationally active, and you would have been perfect in that because you could just fall asleep, you know, leaned up against the the tire of a Humvee. Yeah, I can fall asleep in any situation. It doesn't matter what's going on. Although I don't like sleeping when there's a chance that like people are around me that are awake. There's people that I see on campus like sleeping out in the open. And that would terrify me. First of all, I'm always thinking I'm going to get robbed. So I can't like have a backpack out in the open or something. In Southern California, especially, that's a weird... That's very trusting. I mean, listen, if you're homeless and that's your only fucking option, I get it. But if you, you're you just a student and you're going to catch a few Zs in between classes, that's you're really trusting your fellow man. Right, because people can come up and take pictures of you and then bam, I, your stupid sleeping face is on Instagram. I was talking about thieving from you or inserting body parts into you. Like well, those are other concerns <laughs> as well. But the the most You're just prominent concern, right? <laughs> the most prominent concern would be photographing right. me asleep oh, okay, okay. and putting it somewhere where I don't want it. Not inside you, I'm assuming. The picture, yeah, or the phone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Well, speaking of your school, this is a topic God, that worked out fucking perfect. I'm so good at this. Uh, <laughs> um, we've been wanting to talk about this for a long time on the show, but I wanted. The photograph, I wanted to see the photograph before we really delved into it. And there are these banners, and this is up on the website right now. This is up on the Facebook page. There are these banners at Brittany's school. She goes to Cal State University Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton. And they have these big banners all over the campus that, well, you describe it. I don't have a copy of it in front of me, so. Okay, so across the top, it says, Let others know smoking is not permitted on campus. And then in the middle, it says, be an advocate for fresh air. And then under that, it says, ask smokers to kindly deposit their cigarettes out and deposit them in the trash. Deposit them out? Oh. You don't have your glasses on. Why do you not have your glasses on? (laughs) I can see what I'm reading. I just didn't read it correctly. You know that your role on this show is largely (laughs) reading. 
Why would you mm-hmm. not have your glasses on right now? Okay, so it says this is what Do it I really need to go says. Go get your glasses. No, this is what it really says. Jesus Christ, what is happening? Ask smokers. The wheels are fucking falling off the bus as we speak. Ask smokers to kindly put their cigarettes out and deposit them in the trash. And then it just says smoke smoke free fullerton.edu. And then there's a picture of our what is that called? Our our Titan, the your elephant. Mascot. Yeah, our mascot. Yeah. And he is uh, holding a cigarette with the red circle around it with the red right, line. The Ghostbuster it. symbol. Right. So what they want people to do, what this banner is telling people to do is just be busybodies and go up to people that are smoking and be like, um, it's a smoke free campus. Can you please put that out and it, deposit it in the right. trash? It's a very California thing that they want you to do, which is um, excuse me, gross smoker. Um, this is smoke free and you're going to have to put that out. Okay. And don't get me wrong. Every time I walk by smokers, I'm, I'm, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. You're repulsed. I'm not repulsed, but I'm just not a fan. But I would never go up to someone and say, um, can you please put that out? This is a smoke-free campus. What are they? Right, I right. don't work for Cal State Fullerton. You're not giving me money. In fact, I'm paying you. I'm not going to go and do your work for you and, exactly. and ask people to follow the rules. That's like security's job or something. I don't even know whose job that would be. I'm getting your glasses. There you go. <laughs> Isn't that better? No, not better. <laughs> You're fucking hating my guts right now. So anyway, back to the back to the these banners. These they put time and money into manufacturing these because they are you know heavy plastic like signs that they that have grommets in them that they're hung everywhere. It's it's a weird thing that your school expects you to do the policing. They're the ones that created the smoke-free environment, and I'm not even shitting on the fact that it's smoke-free. That's fine. That's their choice, whatever. But don't expect the general population on the school grounds to be doing the job that your security should be doing. The only response that I would expect if I were to go up to someone and ask them to put their cigarette out is for them to tell me to F off because that would be the right thing to do because it's none of my business. Mind your own fucking business. Unless they're, unless they're like, unless they're putting out the cigarette on someone else's face. Or blowing it directly, like, in my face aggressively. Right. Then we have an altercation happening. Yeah, well, you're outdoors. This is, this, is the, this is the issue. And I'm not a smoker, and I've never smoked. I have never smoked a cigarette. Neither have I. And I, I'm, I'm proud of that. Maybe that's douchey, but I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with myself having never smoked a cigarette. Congratulations. However, you're out fucking doors. You're not harming anyone. No one is being harmed by you having a cigarette out of doors. Right. Well, there are people that also smoke inside. Well, that's a problem. Well, not really inside. It's kind of like an indoor patio kind of a thing. Right. In, in the buildings. It's kind of hard to explain, but in one in the building I'm always in, there's eight floors. And when you go on this certain patio thing, it's still enclosed, but it's kind of open. You can get fresh air from it. Well, it's like cinder, like a cinder, decorative cinder blocks. Right. So you can see outside. There is access to the outside, but it's it's for the most part enclosed. Right. And people sometimes go have their smoke breaks there. And I guess they've set off the fire alarm a couple of times. You should you should take a picture of that, too. 
that would be good for the show as well. People smoking? No, no, no. Just the outside to see that that area. Oh, right. That area that you're talking about. Right. Since I can't explain it. Right. Well, it's interesting. I, I it's a weird thing that your school in particular does. There have been many things that make me question what the fuck are they doing over there? And this is just another example of Listen, I understand wanting to have community involvement and this is your campus too and wanting the students to take ownership. But you're asking for trouble when you start soliciting and and recruiting people to be vigilantes against the smokers. And I don't mean violent vigilantism, but it's you're getting involved in someone's affairs and people they get very defensive when you accost them and tell them to put their fucking cigarette out whether it's against the rules or not right i mean even if someone was like slamming heroin on campus i would just walk by <laughs> right and not say anything well, i would be like hey you shouldn't do that i'd just be like oh that person is very troubled i i don't know what to do well or if someone let's even let's dial it back a notch <laughs> from spiking black tar heroin into their veins let's you say, never know you never know <laughs> let's let's say a guy has a little paper bag with a beer in it you're not going to... With excuse, a beer. <laughs> Why'd excuse, you say it like that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it, you're not going to go up to him and say, excuse me, sir. This is a no alcohol campus. You're going to like, now that guy's being a fucking idiot. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. What is in that paper bag? <laughs> it would just be weird for a random person to go up and do that. You you break out your red solo cup. Can I get a hit of that, sir? <laughs> yeah. It's 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 very strange. I don't yeah. I don't know. So anyway, I don't know what Cal State Fullerton's doing. It's bizarre. I don't know if it's typical of other campuses or or what, but it's definitely strange. Yeah. So last time on the show, we talked about a lady with an emotional support pig, which is weird to me that that's even a a, a combination of words. <laughs> anyway, this lady brought her her fucking like eighty pound pig on a plane and. It started shitting and squealing everywhere, and she ended up having to leave, obviously. Well, we, t we, we in turn talked about a time we were on a plane, and a lady's little shitty dog was jumping all over everybody, was, was acting like an asshole, and it had a service dog vest on, like an official little dog vest on. And I suspected that he wasn't, he or she, the, it, was not really a service animal. Well... Regular contributor to the show, Allison, called in, and she regaled us of a tale of something similar that happened to her and her husband, Brett number two. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Allison calling. Brett and I were just laughing about the Jack Russell Terrier that you were describing on your flight um, a few weeks ago and how out of control it was and how it was. Uh, you know, they said it was a service dog, but it just wasn't acting like it. So Brett and I were in Home Depot about six months ago, and we saw a woman who was clearly blind walking through Home Depot with a service Scotty, and by Scotty I mean Scottish Terrier, and they are probably right up there with Jack Russell Terriers as the worst service dogs ever. I mean, they just jut out from right to left. They're not loving. They're not caring. They're terriers. They do what they want. 
And we thought that we were being pranked or something because people know how obsessed we are with Scotties. But there was a woman who was blind walking around Home Depot with, it said on its vest, it was a service Scotty. And she actually had to bend down with great difficulty at one point and pick up the Scotty. Like, walking down the center aisle of Home Depot with little kids and people in gigantic carts shutting out from every aisle. And it was, we were just laughing about how ridiculous that was. And that memory was brought up because of your story about the Jack Russell in the airplane. So I thought I'd share my experience with a completely incompetent service animal as well. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. It sounds like it's more than just an incompetent service animal. Right. That sounds like the story of an incompetent human being. What do you mean? I don't care that the person was blind. That doesn't... I can still judge them for being stupid. Ooh, this is getting out of hand. No, it is not getting out of hand. This is getting real out of hand. (laughs) It's not like she just went down to the the, the pound and because she's blind... She can't see. She doesn't know what dog it is. Yeah, right. So she picked a Labrador and they fucking... that's what she thinks she has. They fucking put the juke on her and (laughs) gave her a fucking Scottish Terrier. Come on. She's like, why isn't this lab growing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, this is really coarse hair for a Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's, that's bizarre to me. And also, I don't know that I could have with with withstood the urge and the pressure for my own inquisitiveness to walk up and ask, "Hey, you, this is a whole fucking scene going on over here. What is happening? Why do you have this little shit dog? <laughs> Why don't you have a normal animal to lead you around?" A docile, calm, competent service animal. That's, I would, I would have a lot of questions. I'm left very unsatisfied <laughs> by Allison's story because I, I have a lot of questions. Right. Maybe they need to do a Google search for that lady and see if there's something on the. They should have taken video and yes. then that would have been better for you. God, they fucking failed us. Yeah. For, failed you. I'm okay. I'm, no. I'm content. Yes. I'm, I'm very bothered by the fact there's no video evidence of this. Mm-hmm. I believe that it happened. Mm, I don't feel like you do. I, I do. Okay. I do. All right. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like you had a nice little Saturday plan, though. Mm-hmm. Home Depot. Is yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for calling, Allison. We really appreciate it. I'll tell you who I don't appreciate. Vanny Hari. Yeah, food babe. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, it's nice that you know, the, see, you have glasses. You can see the rundown board and you know what's coming up next. All right, that's enough. <laughs> so anyway, NPR did a story about the food babe. And they kind of shit straight in her mouth. Well, they kind of surveyed a bunch of different scientists to kind of pool together this article about how science generally feels about the food babe. Yeah. And they did talk about some of her accomplishments, like her successful petition that caused Kraft to drop the artificial orange color from its mac and cheese. Yeah. When I read the article, I didn't take away anything that was positive from I didn't think that they were like, you know, heaping praise upon her for that. I think that they were just illuminating the fact that she put so much pressure that that companies bow un, unnecessarily bow to to the to the the public uh bullshit that gets raised so that was one of the big things that they talked about was 
if she's just a turd, then why do food companies respond to her demands, especially if they have nothing to hide and her concerns aren't valid? But what's happening is she's getting more popular. Right. She is. She has almost a million people who follow her on Facebook. Right, and she's getting ready to release a book. She has a TV development uh. deal in the works, so she's going to get a TV show. And so sh- her platform is just growing. It's right. getting bigger, which is really unfortunate. And so... Well, she's just joining the ranks of the idiots like Dr. Oz. Right, and so companies live and die by their public perception, and as it, ta- as it talks about in this article. And it's far easier, they say, to give a blackmailer like Food Babe what she wants rather than try to resist or counter her propaganda by educating the public. Right. Because as we've talked about on the show... You know, even when you try to educate the public on something like vaccines, for instance, it's almost like the the power of the Internet and random people that comment on things on the Internet right. have more power because people don't really understand science and they, they become kind of bogged down by complicated language. Didn't, and I don't have the article in front of me. That's not how we do things here. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't somewhere in there, um, they... They refer to her as the Jenny McCarthy of food. Right. Steve Novella, a Yale, Yale neuroscientist and prominent pseudoscience warrior, mm. uh, has dubbed her that name. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know why I didn't think of that first. Yeah, that would have been nice. Maybe it's the lack of Yale. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> so she makes money, Food Babe, by her website right now and then it's going to be a book and then it's going to be the TV show but right now it's right. from the foodbabe.com where she offers recipes tips for nutritious dining while traveling and for 17.99 a month eating guides that include recipes meal calendars and shopping lists 18 bucks a month yeah Ugh. for all that good stuff Right, a recipe. Yeah, you know what? I got the fucking internet. I don't need your recipes. So the main critique of her is that she lacks credentials in nutrition or food science. She's a former consultant who studied computer science. <laughs> and so Which is weird because her website is shitty. Right. <laughs> that's true. So she says, I've never claimed to be a nutritionist, I'm an investigator. Which is fine, mm. but the thing is that people that read her blog consider her an expert. Yeah. And well, that's partly the people's pr- problem because they're just taking this at face value. But she does write as though she's an expert, like the airplane thing that you're breathing in. The the air you're breathing in is all the exhaust and all the poisons that are getting um, jettisoned out from the engines of the plane. That's what she says. Right. She, she says doesn't understand how much nitrogen is in the air. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they talk about in this article that the lack of training that she has often leads her to misinterpret peer-reviewed research and technical details about food chemistry, nutrition, and health. This is Kevin Fulta, professor of horticulture sciences at the University of Florida, saying that. Yeah, these are scientists. Right. And he says she really conflates the science. So she just, that's the problem here, is it's someone that's trying to write about science that doesn't have the science education. Right. And then other people that don't have the science education are just believing what she's writing. It's kind of like people just believing random well, memes on Facebook. It's, it's a double dumb down is what it is, because she's dumbing down something that she doesn't understand for her dumb audience. And then they have to dumb down the dumb down. It's a double dumb down. It's a lot of dumb down. <laughs> so this this same Kevin Fulta, the professor of horticulture sciences, he says, if anything, she's creating more confusion about food and more confusion about the role of chemicals and additives. 
And I, I agree with that yeah, because sure. these all these people that follow her and share her articles, they just don't understand complicated words or right. what chemicals really do. And, and even though they sound scary and they're in scary things, that they can be in food and it's okay. The, the, the moniker of being the Jenny McCarthy of food really is accurate because she is doing the same exact kind of shit. Like Jenny McCarthy says, oh, there's formaldehyde in... in uh, in vaccines, that's terrible, formaldehyde. Not talking about the levels of formaldehyde that are in there, that if you leave a pear or an apple on your counter, naturally over time, formaldehyde is going to produce itself. It's going to appear because of chemical reactions and fermentation and everything else. It's it's a naturally occurring substance that's not necessarily dangerous for you. I mean, if you, if you drink a pint glass of formaldehyde, you're going to have problems. But in minuscule, microscopic amounts, it's helpful for preservation of the, it's 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 a super it's a necessary component and compound right and so yale's novella another person that was interviewed in this article says unfortunately the web is cluttered with people who really have no idea what they are talking about giving advice as if they were authoritative and often that advice is colored by either an ideological agenda or a commercial interest he says the food babe is now the poster child of, for this phenomenon yeah it's it's unfortunate. Well, it's it's only unfortunate because she actually has an audience. If she was just some nut with a website, yeah, you know, it's not that big a deal. But the fact that almost one million morons follow her on on Facebook that's that's an issue. That's For a, sure, that's a significant audience. Right. Well, I and mean, I think people get a little too caught up in wanting to be perceived as though they're the people that are promoting organics and they're healthy and they want to believe in these things. Right, and that's right. great. You can do that, but you don't need to put stake in people like the food babe that are charlatans. Yeah. And she's clearly, clearly to me, a charlatan. So a little bit, just a little bit though, of Bill Cosby news. Only one story. That's right. Just, just one. And it's, for me, it's a feel-good story. You know, it's, it's, it's not... No, no, we don't answer that. It, it's none of that. It's uh, someone, out of the kindness of their heart, decided to redecorate Bill Cosby's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called down there? Hollywood mm-hmm. and Highland? Yeah, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. So on Bill Cosby's star, someone wrote rapist all over it. It looks like they gouged it in with like a fucking key or a knife. Okay, they scrawled it in <laughs> is the word yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. It's not written. Sorry. They didn't just take like a, a dry erase board marker <laughs> right. and write rapist. It's it's scrawled in there. So um, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce is not very happy about this, though. Yeah, who cares? They said the Hollywood Walk of Fame is an institution celebrating the positive contributions of the inductees. When people are unhappy with one of our honorees, we would hope that they would project their anger in a more positive way than to vandalize a California state landmark. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It, it seems, it's easy to fix. You yeah, guys have money. Relax. Right. Just buff that shit out. Yeah. <laughs> Just get some fucking turtle wax. Take care of that shit. So, you know, th- thank you, um, secret helper. And just for the record, I'm not encouraging this. I'm not encouraging it. I'm just thanking them for their efforts. <laughs> okay. I appreciate what's in their heart. That's all. Right. I'm not encouraging destructive 
uh, vandal vandalism of, of of private property. It reminds me of Jim Norton's tweet that I saw today, where he said, "Just to save time, can we make a list of all the women that Bill Cosby has not drug and raped?" <laughs> it would be probably a lot shorter list. <laughs> I think so. I would like to ask him some questions. No, no, we don't answer that. I yeah. just I don't I don't think he would he'd be down. Yeah, no, no. That's not a guy we're probably going to get on the show. No, no. No, no, we don't answer that. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's almost like the maid on Family Guy. No. 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 Lemon pledge. Lemon pledge. <laughs> so, anyway, we're going from asshole to asshole to asshole. There is a Coast Guard admiral named William Lee. Not a Marine, huh? Not not a Marine. In mm. fact, up until just after 9-11, not even a member of the Department of Defense. Ouch. He was, uh, the Coast Guard used to be a Department of Transportation. Mm. So they weren't even really the military. <laughs> Those Coast Guards. <laughs> I think they're, the nickname would be Coasties. Oh. Yeah. I was not a Marine. Yeah. I, I Oddly enough, I... I was a Marine. Jesse was a Marine, everybody. I was waiting for you to say it so I could say it. I know. I, I could see you like, oh, when's he going to do it? When's he going to do it? So anyway, apparently this guy just gave a speech at the National Prayer Breakfast or some prayer function, and he gave a speech about how dismayed he is mm. that President Obama won't allow him to hand out Bibles to his troops. Right now as we speak leaders like myself very melodramatic are too. feeling the constraints of rules and regulations and guidance issued down by lawyers and is that puts us in a tighter and tighter box regarding our constitutional right to express our religious faith he's in uniform giving the speech by the way In his ice cream suit. As one general so aptly put it, they expect us to check our religion in at the door. Uh, Don't bring that here. Don't do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Leave that business to the chaplains. That's their jobs. I'm here to tell you there's not enough chaplains to go around. What's with this timber? I'm here to tell you, folks. And who can tell that young man who is downtrodden and on his last legs, who has no hope to go make an appointment to see the cap, the chaplain. Go to a psychologist. Go get in line and wait when the opportunity right now exists. Yet if I do something such as I did just several weeks ago when I was looking in the face of a young man, 20-some years old, who had 18 months before put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger and survived. When I looked at that young man and I heard his story, the rules say, send him to the chaplain. My heart said, give this man a Bible. Goddamn. <laughs> Amen, brother. Are you fucking kidding me? This melodramatic boob. What bothers me about this is, and I don't mind there being chaplains in the military. If a soldier or an airman 
or a, 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 a marine or or a, what are, what are the others a fucking sailor or you know the, the guys who fucking float around on the coast guard boats if they need religious expertise in their lives it's it's not it's not the admiral that they should be sent to or should should seek counsel from he's not a religious expert he's not uh skilled in the certain things that chaplains are skilled in which is counseling and the different resources that that they should be redirecting that that member of the military to Right. And and thing what's most problematic for what he's saying to me is he's saying there's not enough chaplains to go around. But there's enough Bibles and and stuff like that. That's right. not really going to help somebody. Especially the only someone person, who just attempted suicide. Right. That's really problematic. If someone is really having a situation, there needs to be enough staff for them. There needs to be enough staff available, whether it's a psychologist, whether it's a yeah. chaplain. Someone needs to be be available to step in because Handing someone that's suicidal a Bible, that's yeah. effectively doing nothing. It, it, and I'm not even saying that as an, as an atheist. I'm just saying that as someone who would like to help someone in that situation, that's not going to do any good. Th they need more intervention than that's that. That's right. When your brain is hurting and you're ill, and, and depression is a mental illness, there's no stigma to that. It's what it is. The Bible's not going to fucking help. The Bible isn't going to heal you. Ain't it ain't gonna cure what ails you. It, it's it, if anything, it's probably gonna cause you more confliction and problems and guilt over what you just did. That you're unworthy of God's love or fucking whatever. It's and that's where he should be focusing his attention. If there's not enough chaplains, then why isn't he giving a speech right now about how he needs more chaplains for his team, for his soldiers? Well, he's screaming and yelling about how his individual. First Amendment right to to practice his faith and have free speech about his faith is being restricted. Well, let, let me let everybody know who doesn't have an insight into the military. There's a lot of constitutional rights that you don't get to do. For instance, you don't get to appear and give a speech in uniform and denigrate the administration who happens to, the president is the commander in chief of the armed forces you don't get to do that that's that's tantamount to well it's a punishable offense so i would say this guy has a problem on his hands just just solely based on that he's he's definitely not respecting uh those above him who are in command above him so sticking with the religious theme as is our want by the way, I'm looking at pictures. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures on the website here of this guy, the admiral, and he is waving his Bible around in front of the podium while he speaks. Uh, He's passionate. Yeah, very passionate, you can tell. So anyway, sticking with the religious theme, Pew Research just posted on Twitter a very interesting bit of information relative to how many countries on this planet have their official flag incorporate some kind of religious iconography right a third of the world's 196 countries currently have national flags that include religious symbols of these 64 countries in this category about half have christian symbols 48 percent and about a third include islamic religious symbols 33 percent with imagery on flags from the world's two largest religious groups appearing across several regions 
Christian symbols are found on 31 national flags from Europe, Asia, and the Pacific, and the Americas. The United Kingdom's Union Jack, for example, includes the crosses of St. George, St. Patrick, and St. Andrew. Is that what that is? Apparently, yes. I did not know that. I didn't either. In fact, the countries that I'm surprised by um, are, are Denmark, Finland, Sweden, your, your, your Scandinavian countries, because they... They are, I didn't know that they were historically very religious. I mean, I'm showing my ignorance here of world and northern European history. But when I look at those, I don't, a cross doesn't come to mind because it's off-centered a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Where, like, Slovakia, that looks like crosses to me. Um, Serbia and San Marino, those look like crosses. And uh, Malta, that's cross. Liechtenstein, Georgia. But but the Union Jack or even Australia, that doesn't necessarily invoke thoughts of Christianity to me. Well, they are Christian symbols. And who knew there were so many crowns on all these flags? That's bizarre to me. Right. We're going to post this on the website. You can check it out. But Spain, Serbia, San Marino, Montenegro, all of these have like uh, Liechtenstein. They all have crown, like these ornate like crowns that a king would wear. Right, which all have the little cross doohickey on the on, doohickey on, on the top. Mm-hmm. No, that's official doohickey. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 But then the 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 Islamic countries, they have the Islamic star and the crescent yeah, on the, their national the, the flag. And the star, which doesn't surprise me at all, because those countries are that's a that's a main part of fucking life in your your Muslim countries, Muslim majority countries. Right, and apparently Singapore also has a crescent and a stars on its flag, but they don't have religious significance, so they're not included on this list because for Singapore, the crescent moon represents a young nation on the ascendant, and the five stars depict Singapore's ideals of democracy, peace, progress, justice, and equality. Well, I'm glad that they... uh... They clarified that they didn't just throw it in there because it has the crescent, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so they actually figured out whether or not these were religious symbols. Right. <laughs> I lo- I, this is what I th- find interesting, is that they have Christianity, 31, Islam, 21, other religions, six, like Japan with the big star and South Korea with the yin and the yang, and, and there's others. And then they have Hindu slash Buddhism, and there's three of those. Oh, Hindu, Buddhism, three, Buddhism, two, and then Judaism, one. <laughs> right. There's only one country, and I'm sure you can guess what it is, Syria, you know, yeah. Egypt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has the Star of David. So they do mention, although the U.S. flag does not include any religious symbols, several states have religious imagery on their flags. For instance, the state flag of New Mexico includes a red sun with its rays extending outward, representing the spiritual history of the Pueblo. Some U.S. states, including Alabama and Florida, continue to feature adaptations of the St. Andrew's Cross. Hmm. Well, that's that's what they do. It certainly doesn't surprise me. Religion is important. It. Uh, I was going to say pervasive. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say pernicious. Okay. Not pleasing. I couldn't think of another P. All these, <laughs> all these things would work, I think. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, and if you would like to check that out, that is also on the Facebook page. So here's a very interesting story out of Canada. Um, a Canadian court just recently ruled that a an indigenous Canadian woman, I guess like, like a, 
I guess she's a, a Mohawk Indian, or what we would call an Indian in, in the United States. Um, they, they in the article they called her an Aborigine, um, but she's just she's a, a native people to the land of Canada. And a, a court recently ruled that she was able to yank her daughter, who has a very treatable cancer, yank her from treatment because of cultural religious reasons. Ontario Justice Edward rejected a request by the hospital that had been treating the 11-year-old girl to force the local Children's Aid Society to apprehend her so she could resume chemotherapy. Doctors have said that her kind of leukemia has a 90% cure rate with modern treatment, but is an almost certain death sentence without it. Okay, let's, let's stop and let's talk about that particular thing. The type of cancer that this little girl has has a 90% survival rate when treated with modern medicine and is virtually a death sentence if you don't treat it. And the Canadian court, because of some clause relative to the the respecting or the, the allowances that they give the native peoples, they're going to let her kill effectively kill her daughter. In the article... They talk about um, typically the the loophole that they've ascribed to this to this woman is typically for hunting and fishing um, rights that they get to do things like like not have to have a hunting license and all that because they're native people and because they were subjugated or whatever I don't know exactly the history of the native peoples of Canada but here in, in the United States. And this is an odd coincidence, but I grew up on an Indian reservation. I grew up on the Nez Perce Indian Reservation in northern Idaho. And a lot of allowances are given to native peoples that aren't to, even though I'm native, I'm not native. Um, for instance, they don't pay sales tax. There's a lot of things. The hunting, the fishing privileges um, are granted that aren't granted to, to let's just say, whites, to... to to other people who aren't Native Americans. And I don't even like the term Native American because I was born here. I'm a Native American. I mean, American Indian, which is people don't like because Columbus, the idiot Columbus. So so anyway, I'm, I'm going a little little out there on this. But it, it really it boils down to a fact that the, the Canadian government is issuing a death sentence for this young girl who has a very treatable medical condition. They are cow they are being cowed by this woman who wants to treat her with native traditional medicine, which doesn't fucking work. Cancer's not cured by roots and berries. The judge says that traditional health care is an integral part of the family's Mohawk culture and is therefore protected by the Constitution. Evidence showed that the mother from Six Nations Reserve is, quote, deeply committed to her longhouse beliefs and her belief that traditional medicines work, said the judge. This is not an 11th hour epiphany employed to take her daughter out of the rigors of chemotherapy. Rather, it is a decision made by a mother on behalf of a daughter she truly loves, steeped in a practice that has been rooted in their culture from its beginnings. And that right is not dependent on the treatments being proven to work according to, quote, the Western medical paradigm. So this is something that's troubling because facts are facts and science is science, regardless of your 
personal opinion or what your tradition is. And we don't, we shouldn't have things being based on what tradition is. I mean, this, yeah, this little girl is going to die. It's someone's life. It's really important that she live. And what's going to give her the most chance for survival is chemotherapy. It's weird to me that people have like this opinion about doctors that, you know, they don't really have people's best interest at heart. I'm sure these doctors just want to load this girl up with chemicals and torture her right. through chemotherapy. Right. They don't really believe that she's going to be helped by this, right? It's un- it's what, what are they thinking? Well, here's the other thing. It's if this woman were to want to take a belt and beat the cancer out of her child because the Bible said spare the rod and spoil the child or whatever, if she wanted to physically abuse this child using the Bible as a reference point, the courts would tell her to fuck straight off. They would tell her, absolutely not, that's not what you can do. It's because she's a native Canadian, that she's she's an aboriginal, that they're allowing it because of some loophole in the law. The Canadian people need to rise up against whatever's going on in their constitution or whatever law is allowing this and get it changed. Or this needs to go further up in the court system because this little girl's life is in stark danger right now. So the hospital issued a statement and said, quote, we have always supported the family's decision to use traditional aboriginal healing practices in conjunction with conventional medical treatment. We remain committed to support this child's treatment with compassion and respect. Right. Well, that gives her the out, too. It's like those people who say, oh, yeah, I went on a juice cleansed and cured my cancer. And then they just failed to mention the fact that while they were doing their juice cleanse, they were also on chemotherapy. Right. Or the people that I I know I know of people that have survived breast cancer and they credit changing their diet with curing them. Right. When they had massive invasive double mastectomies and shit. Right. And then continued chemotherapy. And it's like, well, maybe those variables also did something. Right. And not just the changing the diet. It's listen, it's it's 2014. We know enough about medicine and science to know that you muddling some berries in a glass and giving her some witch's brew or praying on her or waving smoke over her or whatever your your particular poison is, quote unquote, is not going to cure cancer. We know what we know the treatments that are that work and we know that, you know, drinking special potions, they don't. So Canada needs to get its shit together on this one and Someone needs to stand in the breach for this girl because she's she's likely doomed, if not. Should we lighten the mood? Yes. <laughs> so the other day on Facebook, I saw an ad. Oh, and it was an Etsy ad. That's what it was for for somebody's Etsy shop. And they were selling capsules that are filled with glitter that people take to make their poop glittery. Yeah, and so people who don't know what Etsy is, it's Etsy.com. It's a website where people can start up shops and sell homemade items, things that they make themselves, and they can sell them in their own shop, and it's really all the rage. Well, it's like eBay, except not auction. I, You know, it's just a, it's a marketplace for people who do home crafts and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, these glitter pills, it means exactly what it sounds like. It's a transparent gelatin capsule filled with glitter. 
And apparently, really, the only point of it is so that you'll have glittery poop. Which, it's it's like a fad. It's a craze right now. Which is very, very disturbing and bizarre to me. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. So what do these people do? They take it and then they like, they do they take pictures <laughs> of their poop and Instagram it? Or oh. do they like stare at it for a while after maybe, they're done? Maybe we should, we should start searching for, for hashtags. I'm not doing that. About glitter pills. I'm not doing poop. that. I'm not doing that. But, um, <laughs> I, I, let me tell you, I'm going to do that. And I bet you there's people who are on it right now who are searching for different hashtags. If you find a hashtag that that works and you found some evidence as it as it were, uh let us know. 657-464-7609 or email us at i doubt it at dollamore.com. On Etsy, the prominent seller of glitter pills is Glitter Pills. That's the name of the shop. All right. And it's a shop run by a man named Kyle and his wife, Shivana. And since they started in February of last year, they have fulfilled more than 100 orders for thousands of glitter pills. Wow. And apparently this has been a thing like since 2005. There was an artist named Tobias Wong, and he designed 24-carat gold leaf capsules. His name is Tobias Wong? Yes. Th- those names don't seem like they would go together. Like, when you hear Tobias, obviously you think of Funke. Right. But you don't think of an Asian name at the end of Tobias. I had never heard the name Tobias until Arrested Development, so I'm not <laughs> sure what uh, last name it goes yeah? with. Yeah, yeah. And so those pills that he created go for $425 each Ugh. if you would like to poop gold leaf. People love throwing their money down the toilet. I don't. Just think about all the delicious bourbon or wine that you could drink with $450. I mean, that's a good time. I, I would suspect, I mean, I'm just going out on a limb here, that... Drinking delicious wine, $450 worth, would be a better time than watching your poop get goldy and glittered. I just feel like there's a couple of issues here. One, is this healthy? Two, how many do you have to take to make your poop glittery? Because I don't think one is going to do the trick. I think it depends on how much you're you're taking care of biz. Hmm. How much biz you're taking care of. Mm. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get into that too much, I don't think. All right. Well, let's let's stay positive here. Next story. Um, a recent study that if you walk happy, that you will actually impact your, your actual happiness. So research shows that people's mood affects how they walk. When people are happy, they tend to walk faster and more upright, swing their arms and move up and down more, and sway less side to side than sad or depressed people. So they're generally moving more, I I guess is what that means. Okay. And a recent study found that deliberately walking like a happy person can lift your spirits. And adopting the gait of a depressed person can bring on sadness. This is funny. It's very akin to years and years ago, I I, ha- I had employees and I had this one guy who worked for me who always answered the phone like he was a super cool guy. And he would, it was, and I, it drove me nuts because I know being on the other end when someone picks up the phone and you they're mumbling and they're just too cool, they don't want to be there, whatever. So I told him, 
when you answer the phone, I want you to be smiling while you're answering the phone. I don't care if you're happy or not. You're going to be smiling, faking it while you answer because you can hear the smile over the phone, don't you think? Yes, definitely. So, and he, he felt dumb and he hated it, but it changed his complete um, phone demeanor. It, everything was changed. And I, I think it kind of has the same, maybe the same effect that also you're faking it, you know, until you make it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Scientists behind the study, which was published online in the Journal of Behavior Therapy and Experimental Psychiatry, hope to determine if a small change in outward behavior, like how we walk, could work in a clinical setting to help treat depression. Huh. There is a mutual influence between mood and body and movement, said the researcher from the Department of Psychology and Psychotherapy at Germany's Witten University and the first author of the study. Quote, there might be specific types of movements that are specific characteristics of depression, and this feeds the lower mood, so it's a vicious cycle. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think, being that this is kind of your field, not positive walking, but... Um, do you think that they 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 went into this study t trying to see if this was the case, or do you think they were led down this path by data that they were extrapolating from other things? Oh well, I hope it's not the latter because that would be unethical. Oh, okay. Well, then they probably didn't do that because you're supposed to. <laughs> I mean, the way that you're supposed to do studies is have a hypothesis and then yeah, or hypothesis or hypotheses and. Like science. <laughs> yeah, and either you don't get a positive outcome or you do, luckily. Right. And, and you shouldn't just, like, gather data and then try to figure out what your data means. That's well, not what you're... That's not, that's not the way to do things. Right. I don't know if it's unethical. I, I think it is. But, I mean, I don't personally think that, I guess. I think... Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, we'll um, I, I would default to them probably doing the right way. Clearly, if they're getting press and trying to publish their results and they probably went about it the right way. Right. So a range of studies have found many little ways we can improve our mood from talking to strangers to arranging a match between friends. Even abstaining from temptations such as chocolate can help boost our state of relative happiness by helping huh. us appreciate experiences that are repeated in everyday life. So would this be kind of an arm of what what a very popular new branch of psychology, positive psychology, would that would this kind of be what they do? Yeah, positive psychology focuses on happiness and hmm. hope and all the positive things in the life experience. All the lovey-dovey bullshit. <laughs> well, good. In another study, they talked about, or they, they, they did some research and they, they uh, came to the conclusion that the firstborn is often the most intelligent, which goes against... Uh, any anecdotal understanding of it that I have, but nonetheless, this is their, their findings. So those born earlier perform better in school, according to a new study, and they believe it's because of the parents. Moms and dads simply go easy on their later born kids, according to data analyzed by economists in this study. And as a result, firstborn children tend to receive both the best parenting and the best grades, which go hand in hand, I'm sure. Is it because they're cautious new parents and they're very conscientious? Is that kind of what they're getting at? Right. Yeah. And 
they do bring up the point that, you know, with kids, shouldn't practice make perfect? And don't parents get richer into their 30s and 40s being able to provide more resources? But apparently, that's not the case. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think also parents get, I don't want to say lazy, but their attitudes and the things they were stringent about when they were younger with their firstborn, they, you know, they, they slack off a little bit. But this isn't the case with me. I'm I'm the oldest of three boys. And granted, well, let's put it this way. My, my youngest brother is by far the smartest one among us. He is way smarter than me. Right. And we have different dads. Right. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it doesn't sound like it's a genetic. They're talking about the parenting style. Yeah, the parenting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's the case for me either. Well, I ha- maybe it's just that my youngest brother does have different genetics than me. That, I mean, it definitely plays a role, yeah, I'm because sure. Because my little brother, Zach, is uh, he's a dynamo. He is, a, he is a walking brain. Right. And I'm, you know, just what I am, so. Well, you're all right, too. Yeah, I'm no Zach. <laughs> but I have I have an older brother and two younger sisters, and... I I can well I can attend. How about this? I will say it. You're by far the brains out of that organization. Well, even from your knucklehead parents. I mean, you're you're the shining star. You're the glittery poop. <laughs> you know what I mean in that in that whole system. It's <laughs> mm, probably the best way to phrase it. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the youngest ones, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, It turns out that firstborns typically have higher IQs, perform better in school, and are considered more accomplished by their parents. Looking at parent evaluations of children from the National Longitudinal Survey of Youth in 1979, the researchers found that mothers are much more likely to see their first children as high achievers, and that typically is the stereotypical characteristic that first child has right, right. is being an overachiever being a leader because you're the first child you kind of have to you leave yeah. the other ones you kind of rise to the occasion let me say this it could also be that when you're when you're a new parent that oh my god he's the smartest kid in the world he he said mama and how about that he's peeing already and you just laud praise because it's all brand new for you too and by the time you've had three or four kids it's yeah yeah he pooped in the potty big fucking deal you know it's the the excitement and the the adoration isn't just lo- just showered onto the child because it's old yeah that's old news i've already seen that before it could be something like that too right yeah that's interesting So here we are with another Florida Files. This time we're going to talk about a city council meeting that was, it's uh, a Lake Worth City Commission meeting. And they've passed a law now that you have to allow different denominations. It can't just be a Christian prayer. And an atheist got up and gave it the invocation and I think that he wants to come across as having done it very seriously, but I think there's a little smarm. Very funny, I think, is what he's doing is a good thing. But as I, I tell you what, I'll kind of narrate as we play what happens. 
Triolo. Here. Vice Mayor Scott Maxwell. Here. Commissioner Christopher McVoy. Here. Commissioner Andy Amoroso. Here. Commissioner John Zerdy. Present. If everyone would please rise for the invocation, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance, led by Vice Mayor Scott Maxwell. So at this point, all of the members of the city council are getting up and walking out. Still filing out. And this is the vice mayor getting ready to pray. Duly noted. Our collective atheism, which is to say loving empathy, scientific evidence, and critical thinking, leads us to believe that we can create a better, more equal community without religious divisions. So far, so good. May we pray together. Mother Earth, we gather today in your redeeming and glorious presence to invoke your eternal guidance in the universe, the original creator of all things. May the efforts of this council blend the righteousness of Allah with the all-knowing wisdom of Satan. May Zeus, the great God of justice, grant us strength tonight. Jesus might forgive our, our shortcomings, while Buddha enlightens us through his divine affection. We praise you, Krishna, for the sanguine sacrifice that freed us all. After all, if Almighty Thor is with us, who can ever be against us? And finally, for the bounty of logic, reason, and science, we simply thank the atheists, agnostics, humanists, who now account for one in five Americans and growing rapidly. In closing, let us, above all, love one another, not to obtain mythical rewards for ourselves now, hereafter, or based on superstitious threats of eternal damnation, but rather embrace secular-based principles of morality and do good, for goodness sake. And so we pray, so what? Instead of amen, so what? So three council members stayed. Now they're going to give the pledge. To the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And then amen at the end by someone. I think what he did is great. I mean, he did have, maybe it's just his, his voice and his timber and how he comes across, but uh, I I dig it. Yeah, I don't. It's weird to me that people walked out because whenever Christians pray and there's atheists there, they feel just as awkward as those Christians feel while he's making that prayer. That's exactly right. Uh, we don't have anything to relate to about what you're saying. So just like how you can't relate to anything he's saying, he's praying to to Thor, Satan, you're confused. Well, we're confused while we, we hear your prayer. Here's the deal. If, if an atheist, if there was an atheist on that city council, which of course there's not because we're the most distrusted group of individuals in the country. Um, if there was an atheist or two on that council, and every time a Christian prayed, we got up and we walked out. Oh, wow. It would be, oh, those dirty asshole atheists. I can't believe they're so disrespectful that they just walk out. Right. But it's okay if you if you don't want to listen to the atheist's quote-unquote prayer. I mean, it's, 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 
disgusting their behavior. Well, and at least he's mentioning many different people right. rather than just the Christian God, which is what a normal prayer right. in that kind of situation would be. I mean, he, he gave a little something to the Buddhists. He gave a little something to... Yeah. He didn't mention Odin. I'm offended. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't good, but he uh, Poseidon, Odin. that's he not good. He missed Poseidon. And Isis, Osiris. Right. He missed a lot of them. And I'm, he did. I'm, I'm personally very offended now that we are mentioning this. He also mentioned Jesus, though, and Satan for yeah, the Satanists. For, his, for, his, for something really good. It was super hilarious. Anyway, this obviously is just more kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it, it really goes to show that this is the reason we don't we shouldn't have prayers at the beginning of meetings because you're not representing the people. That's not what the, the, the purpose of your meeting is. It's not to laud praise upon Odin or Thor or Jesus or to ask for guidance from Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy. Unicorns aren't going to help you. As glittery as their poop is, and it probably is very glittery. I think it's the most glittery that it could be. The most glittery of all the poops. Of all the poops that could ever be. <laughs> well, good. I think we, we, we've accomplished a lot this episode, don't you? I think we always accomplish a lot on every episode. That is very good. Well, listen, if you're if you haven't yet reviewed or rated and reviewed the show on iTunes, or by whatever means that you listen to the show, I would assume it's iTunes. But if it's Stitcher, then yeah, go rock that. Um, please, please, please go do us a favor and rate and review us. Give us a little boost. Give us a little bump. It really helps. It's you taking part in the show by helping us get discovered by new listeners. Because the more ratings and reviews that we get, the more downloads that we get, iTunes looks more favorably on our show and boosts us into higher levels um, and we get seen by more eyes. And, you know, hopefully, by virtue of that, we get uh, we get listened to more, more downloads. Other than that, if you'd like to support the show, there's a link on dollamore.com. Up in the top right-hand corner, support the show. There's an Amazon search bar there where you can buy books, or you can you probably can't buy glitter pills there for your poop, but that's on Etsy, and there's no there's no Etsy search bar, but you you really should go check that out. That's I think that's probably most important. Yeah, report back. Yeah, let us know. We need a we need a glitter poop correspondent. Burnt. We're looking at you, Burnt Reynolds. So listen, use the use the Amazon search bar if you're gonna spend your money anyway on Amazon. It really does help us out a lot to defray costs and everything else, but I'm not going to blather on. So, listen, I say it every time. We love you very much for listening. And it's not just me. It's not, it's not lip service. It's not just words. It's, it's, a, it's a real emotion and feeling that I have of um, appreciation for the audience that we have. You're dedicated. You're loyal. We see it in the numbers. And we love you very, very much. Stay genuine, everybody, and let's continue to move the conversation forward. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Yeah, excuse me, sir, what is in that paper bag? <laughs> <laughs>